Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, besties? And welcome to another episode of Pillows and Beer. We have a very special episode. Uh, for one, I'm in Craig's house and he's not here. This is a first, it's very funny. Uh, and Craig is in New York City in Paige's apartment. So we kind of did a little switcheroo. Uh, I don't I don't know what I'm doing in here, Craig. So I hope to God that I press the right buttons and I press record and this thing gets yeah, recorded. Honestly, it's hilarious seeing you there without me. And I'm like, man, we really got to get that wall done. But I, don't, I uh, we thought we were – I didn't really see my text. And I was supposed to be in Charleston this part of the week. Uh, but I ended up having to be in New York. And Austin's like, should I just head over to Craig's now? And then I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm in New York. And he's like, well, I'm in your driveway. And I was like, all right, well, here's the code to yeah. everything. And, I mean, he probably already had it. But and so, um, so, yeah, he's leading the helm I'm sitting from Charleston today. In your seat, buddy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I know. Like a weird I, well, because you're wearing a black shirt, it feels like you're, like, dressed as me. Like, you got a backwards hat and a black <laughs> shirt in my seat. Yeah, so <clears throat> I am manning the helm today from the Hall Wine Studio, and I did begin to say, but we have two very special guests coming on later. That is former NFL running back Rashad Jennings and sports reporter and podcast new podcaster Lindsey McCormick, and they will be joining us shortly, but we're just going to catch up with Craig here for a second before we jump on with them. Yeah, I'm really excited to speak with them. I can't wait. I've been excited for a couple weeks now, but... Yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> I was in Miami um, this past week with our great friends um, Dustin and Paulina, with my old and I got family. to meet a lot of besties, Austin, and it was great. And I I tell people you, call themselves that, that me and Austin love more than anything. People coming up and being like, "Hey, I'm one of your best friends. I'm one of your besties," and they're like, "Man, is that awesome?" Um, I do tell people, I'm like, if you want to get my attention. Say that you're one of my besties, and I will snap my neck real quick and come up to you probably first because that makes me really happy because that means that you've listened to Craig and I unfiltered, and yeah, you're one of our besties for a reason. Dude, we missed you in uh, in Miami. I haven't been down there since pre-COVID. Um, I haven't been down there but, since I was with you, Craig. No, yeah, but, that's right. I, when I left you in Miami. Yeah, when you left me in Miami. We won't go down that road again. Um, no. Well, we had Dustin an incredible. Won. We had an awesome. And so, like, uh, I mean, I saw that Dustin won. So, like, was like, was he just like, let's go, let's go, like, do it up, or did y'all just like go back to the house and just kind of hang out with with each other and pop pop bottles of champagne there, kind of thing? Well, it was a chill. Like, you know, I got down there on Wednesday for the opening ceremonies. Um, and that was fun, but then it was game time. So he, pra- you know, he was practiced sure. Thursday, practiced Friday because they had a bye. And so Saturday was the first round of golf for Dustin's team. And it came down to the fucking wire on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I got to, like, after Pauline, I, like, ran out and gave him a kiss. He, like, I was inside of, you know, the player ropes where he was, like, walking by and I was like, dude, that was stressful as hell. And he's like, you think you were stressed, Craig? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, very fair point. Somehow I saw that video. This about me. <laughs> I saw that video of you know them going nuts, and uh, his freaking brother Austin was like, let's fucking go. And then and then Craig was posting. He was like, that's the most stressful thing I've ever seen. And I was like, right, right, right. Craig thinks that that was stressful. Like, imagine them trying to hit this like five five foot putt to win it all, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Gosh. And it all came down to um, that putt, and I hung. I got to hang with Craig Norman Jr., which you remember from the wedding yep. after. And I was like, what a great ending for Liv. Like, it was just him and Cam Smith battling it out. So, for those listening, the purse was sixteen million dollars that they got to split amongst their teams. So, needless to say, big win. Not a bad payday, yeah. Craig. Not a bad payday, man. Oh man, no, not at all. Cam, well, and Cam was really fun to watch. I had never seen him play, Cameron Smith. You should have gotten a, um, a mullet, Craig. I saw that thing <laughs> where it was like anyone at he Liv looks like Kyle. You know, anyone at Live Tournament 
there was a charity thing where, where if you got a mullet, then they would donate a thousand dollars to charity. And if Craig would have come on this podcast with a little mullet, you're, you're, wait, is that real enough? Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. People I didn't were, know that. People were getting their haircuts. Like, you know, I'm mullets. so glad, dude. I, so I walked. So Sunday, um, a lot of people were in like the hospitality tent, but I was like, you know, I was kind of by myself during the beginning of the day and uh with one of dustin's high school friends uh mike wells that we met at the wedding anyway uh i decided just to walk you know the the back or like the last 12 holes with the 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 sea of people and it was um one guy looked over at me and was like you must have a lot of money on this (laughs) i was like because of how nervous i was and i was like no it's just a good friend but it was really neat to be a part of you know you follow the crowd following you know dj in the group yeah and uh we thought patrick reed was done playing and so we looked up at the big screen and saw he made that like last eight foot putt for birdie and we were like thank god i mean the the team format was just awesome i mean it was stressful but it was awesome because they haven't played like that since college so um but to answer your question uh they had you know we were at the course for a little while after for like the trophy ceremony and then um we went to like live party and then had an after party uh at the house for his team and um it was just it looks like you and I both grew up playing question. sports. Like it was just like if we won a championship, you know, except on a way, way, way major okay. scale. I was going to say, because if we won a championship, I would so be that guy in goggles and just pop in bottles and like drown me in freaking champies. Like we are the champions. That's, that's what I would do. That's and great. honestly, like you haven't been, I don't think you've been to a live event yet. Have you? I haven't. You've been to like three. So it, yeah, there's music playing the whole time, which as a player, I think I would enjoy more because if it's like bone dry, quiet and someone like sure. accidentally like says something, I you're going to hear it. But like out there, it's like, you know, there's constant noise. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, it's always nice to have a little background noise to, you know, knock, knock a drive out there when you're nervous rather than just like quiet 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 and then you're like oh shit man everyone's watching me what the hell happens when i shank this drive i mean there's just no way i could have made that putt i think it was like a four foot putt to win all of them like to win the championship yeah, yeah. to win like all the to money 16 million dollars yeah i would have spazzed out and hit it like yeah, eight dude. feet to the right of course that's called the sh- no that's called the yips you know you're like uh, and then you push it right well i i played golf at uh, Congaree on Saturday, Craig, uh, I played with Shep and uh, two of our buddies. And, you know, Congaree is where we posted about, you know, the PGA being like a year ago. Well, anyways, they just played an event last week. And so they invited us or, or we've had an open invitation to come play since we posted about it a while ago. And we were like, well, let's just kind of cash in on it because I have free time right now. And so we drove up. And it's this like uber, uber private course. And like, I didn't, I didn't know much about it, but you know, when I posted it, I had a lot of people being like, wait, how the hell are you at Congaree? And, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was super tough. And we talked to Keegan, uh, and Shep talked to Max Homo. Was he there? No, 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 no. But, but, um, we texted him and Shep oh, okay. talked to Max Homa. And they were like, y'all are fucked. Do us a favor and keep your <laughs> honest score because, you know, we want to know. Uh, I did break a hundred. I shot a 96, but man, no oh man, did I have a couple of snowmen and just a couple of things, but you know, it didn't matter because I was hitting actual freaking golf shots, but you know, putting was just, was just, I mean, you putt up and then it comes, you know, 15 feet back and you're like, okay, this is bullshit. So it was super tough, but it was a lot Wait, of Wait, so you got to play like a pros course. Yeah. Because it was it was still in like the professional it shape. Was in pretty pristine condition. Because what did they just play there? Nick, do you know what they just played? I mean, it literally was last week. Uh, it was a PGA. Yeah, Rory won it. Rory won oh, the it. one in the. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but concrete uh, PGA event. It literally just happened. It's called the CJ Cup, 
it was the CJ Cup, and Rory just won it, and it was last week, and so of course the course was in like pretty pristine condition, and whooped all over asses. Shep shot like a ninety-two, and Shep's a pretty good golfer. Um, yeah, and so I mean, you know, how is the like hospitality like? Maybe sweets. Like, what was it like? Were there like drinks and snacks everywhere? No, dude, all the tents you know were torn down. No, no, no. I mean, just at the like. I know it's like a really, oh, really nice, oh, like yes, exclusive yes, course. Yes. Okay. So it kind of reminded me of, um, you know, discovery. So like the okay. turnhouse was like a walk in and just like, you know, candy everywhere and chips and, you know, hot dogs and a bar to get, you know, whatever you wanted. And it was all just free and freaking complimentary. I mean, I think See, was, that's the most fun thing. In the us, right. Because, you know, the PGA was footing the bill and, and, and they, and they took care of us and, but it reminded me of that. I was like, Ooh, I'll take some Reese's cups and I'll take a bag of chips and I'll take some, this, and I'll take, <laughs> uh, a couple of these beers. Yeah. I was sorry. I missed it. Shep, Shep and I posted something for PGA for that. Like I last year uh, or I, something I happened. Too, we all did. Oh, and, you did too. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's why we were like, well, let's cash this in. It would have been fun if you came, but obviously going to Miami is not bad. All right. Yeah. And I just like, I was like, I just stayed at the house and like, there was this big pool in the back and I just like, you know, sometimes it's okay to leave town and go like, just chill in another place. Like I was like, should I feel guilty for like not being in Charleston? And I was like, no, I Craig just fucking relax and enjoy like the amenities of this stupid house. I mean, you know, fair like, point, by the way, you know, I mean, this has been without a doubt, the busiest year of my life. And I feel that it was like from when we began to film winter house until right up to BravoCon, And it was just like, go, 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 go. And I would spend like a day or two in Charleston, like a week. And then I, you know, have to jump on a plane and go somewhere else, you know, for chop hop this or, you know, interviews that and winter house this and, you know, charm this. And it was just crazy, crazy, crazy busy year. And now I don't have much going on, you know, which is good. And you would think that that's good. But I've been sitting around and I'm in Charleston and I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I've been here now for two weeks and I'm kind of getting a little stir crazy, but um, it's been nice to be home. You know, I'm getting some things done, but don't feel bad for being out of town, dude, because it was just freaking Halloween weekend. And well, it's also good to be around friends. Like it really is like those group settings are just great. Like Sarah, our friend from net chicks was there and uh, you know, it's just, it's nice to be around. Yeah. I don't know how to, I don't even know if I want to say, but just like, you know, like we live, sometimes the world of reality TV gets a little like tight, like it gets a little tight where you start to overthink things and it's, you know, you're under a microscope and then you kind of like get out of that a little bit and you're just like, okay, yes. Like some things aren't that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely nice to, get out and I need to figure out a trip myself. Now that you're saying that <clears throat> now that you're yeah. saying that, so I don't, I don't feel bad, man. When are you coming back here? Um, we are going to Paige's parents for her birthday this weekend. And then I'm back in Charleston for a while. Oh, so, so you're in New York the whole week. Yeah. Until Monday, like I'll be recording with you in person next week, but it'll be, you know, but on Tuesday, probably there until next Monday. I would say that you definitely spend it. It is not a half and half. You spend you know, 80% of your time there and 20% of your time here. Yeah. Recently, that's how it's been, which is the opposite of most people trying to avoid New York taxes. What if I get to the point where New York's like, uh, you owe us income taxes. I'm like, no, I don't. That's probably going to happen because you use. Yeah. I, I mean, man, I remember that um, my aunt was living in New York and was living and had a home uh, in Kiwa and she would intentionally come here for like a certain amount of time out of the year to live on the Kiwa house that she didn't have to pay the New York state, you know, income taxes. So like she literally would come here for like for like two weeks out of the month. <clears throat> As I'm oh, I have to tell spot. you a, a quick food and bev story because I was just thinking of our restaurant. But then we like to tell people spots that we eat in Miami. So I've never been to a Carbone restaurant. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. What a loser. And <laughs> Well, I haven't either. And Matt and Christina, our friends down there, Paige uh, was getting in later that night, like at like 1130 at night. And they're like, why don't you come to dinner with us? And we went to this place called ZZ's. 
ZZ's Club. And I guess Carbones and his partner team opened up a private sushi club. And I was like on the couch and I was like, oh, I'm really comfortable. Uh, and then I was like, dude, just go to the restaurant. Dude, it was, it was one of my top five dining experiences. And it was just like, of course, now I'm like, oh, I want to join this supper club. But I mean, we're never in Miami. But dude, it was just cool. Like, you know, you have those dining experiences and you're like, just everything is going right. And uh, like, it doesn't matter how much it costs. And um, But then the, the Miami housewives came in, but I didn't work with them at BravoCon. And I was like, man, I wish it was like anyone. Like, yeah. why couldn't I have met them? Because I could have gone and said hi, but yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't have recognized any of them. And and you know just just because I didn't get to see them in kind of any of the green rooms and none of our paths seem to cross so I mean I get that and and uh, I know that you feel like me like I wouldn't just you know want to walk up like hey I, I know that you're on Bravo and so am I it's like yeah okay, I'm weirdo. on Bravo too yeah. okay weirdo get away from me you're like okay yeah. yeah and then we were gonna go upstairs um, but Drake was having his birthday party, so it was closed. And I was Jeez. like, Miami is such a funny place. I was about to say, you just were in like a microcosm of, of you know, ridiculousness. And you were <laughs> certainly the most least famous person there. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> but dude, I, I felt the itch and like the energy in Miami. I was like, I would have spent, I would spend all my money here in four to six months and have to move home with my parents. Like I would, I would spend it all. Season nine, Craig's broke and really, really, really pushing some you know narratives to work for that paycheck because he spent all his money in Miami. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to do a com- quick commercial break and be right back, back with our two special guests. What's up, y'all? Your man does not have to sacrifice being comfortable and looking good. Muggsy notes what dudes want because we are those dudes. We want to look great and feel even better. <laughs> That's why we bake everything we make with comfort and quality first and foremost without ever sacrificing style. They're the most comfortable and stylish men's jeans on planet Earth because they're designed by dudes for dudes. Never too baggy and never too tight and are a great gift for this holiday season. Listen, I haven't taken off my Muggsy pants in a couple of weeks now. I've got eight different pairs and whether it's the cords or the seasonal colors, or the really dark jeans that I just wore in Miami, and they looked like a million bucks. I mean, I also fly in them. You know how some people are like, oh, people that fly in jeans are crazy? No, because these jeans feel like sweatpants and make me still look like a very polished, put-together human. Do you know exactly what you're talking about? Because those cords, those freaking orange cords, I wore every other day in... October, because duh, Halloween, and I'm going to wear them leading up until the holidays. Of course, the pants. One day we were in the same pants. One day we (laughs) were in, no, no, I had on the greens and you had on the oranges, and that's because they really are awesome. This is a really, really easy sell for us. So (laughs) at at Muggsy, this November is major, not only because the entire site is up to 30% off, but we never discount our stuff like this outside of this time of year. Entire sites up to 30% off for a very limited time. Free shipping and returns if they aren't your style. There's absolutely no risk to buy. This is the best time to get our insanely awesome clothes at a discount, meaning you can get a ton of awesome gifts. So head to Muggsy.com and give the gift of comfort this year. All right, everyone. Welcome back. And now we have a couple of special guests from their new Sports Illustrated podcast entitled The Bag. Let's welcome former NFL star running back Rashad Jennings and award-winning journalist Lindsey McCormick. What's going on, guys? What's happening? How we doing? Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, th- of course. Thanks for coming uh, boy, on. It's cool you guys uh, are working with Sports Illustrated. We actually have a good relationship um, with Authentic Brands Group, too, that owns Sports Illustrated, so we get to do... Always go to their their Super Bowl party and Formula One and some other stuff. So maybe our paths will be crossing sometime soon again. Correct. Definitely. The sports, Craig gets to do that sports. fun stuff. I have not done any of that stuff with Craig. <laughs> the Sports Illustrated party is always the best of the the Super Bowl parties, in my opinion. Every year, hands down. I've been to them all. <laughs> How did y'all get in? Uh, 
in, involved with them? Oh, um, so they were looking to do a business show and there's not many people that fit the bill for business and sports. And they felt like Rashad and I fit that description and uh, had some had a good rapport and great chemistry. And Rashad and I worked together before on a show with Entrepreneur Magazine called um, uh, Elevator Pitch. And here we are. Yeah, we've just been taking off ever since. I, I, like I said, like Lindsay said, we met each other a few years back at Elevator Pitch and kept in touch and... Bada beam, bada boom. My opportunity came up to fit. I've been at, I've been asked for so many different times. Every time I get on somebody's podcast, it's, we should start a podcast, and I've never considered it. I've been too busy, but now I've been able to hold still. And uh, Lindsay gave me a call. It was perfect fit. Yeah. So funny enough, <clears throat> uh, Rashad, do you know Jonathan Stewart? Yeah. Yeah. Stu. One of my boys, he's he's become one of my good buddies. So so I'm from Charlotte. I'm I'm a diehard Panthers fan. You know, I met him and his wife Sorry about that. back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, fanhood aside, Stu's a good dude, right? You know, him and his wife Natalie. And um and I feel like he's in the same boat, right? You know, he's he's like a charismatic and knowledgeable guy and I've always been telling him I'm like start a podcast start a podcast so I got to tell him that uh I got to tell him that I got the chance to meet you and that uh you know I mean he needs to take a page out of your book Yeah man I always looked up to him he's a great he's a great runner too man uh, absolutely and uh to, I think he actually tried to do this with the stars too No way See, uh, I don't I know I think that. so but uh, yeah, congrats by the way that's yeah. uh, I was always a fan of the show and uh I think that's quite an incredible accomplishment to receive that trophy. Yeah. Look, I appreciate look, that. We were talking about the podcast and now that you've got the new podcast and it just came out, by the way, right? September. Mm-hmm. The bad. And what you guys are doing is just unique with the crypto and NFTs and everything brought into, you know, the sports world. It is a, it is a fascinating podcast. Appreciate that. Yeah. Sports and business, the intersection emerges so much. Uh, myself, obviously played in the league for eight total years, and it's a transitional piece um, into then, you know, come, becoming an entrepreneur, how to maximize your name, image, and likeness, how to leverage the key that a degree did not give you, um, being in the NFL and having that shield behind you. Like, it's, it's very tricky. It's fickle. It forces you to have a personality. Um, if you're not an extraordinary type of guy, like I break it down like this, there's 16, roughly 1600 guys that are able to play in the NFL per year. And we only talk about a hundred. That's it. And very rarely do we even talk about the top hundred. Um, because in our top hundred, we got offensive line, defense line, and they don't get mentioned and some tight ends don't get me. We really only talk about maybe 50 players. And uh, out of those 50, 25 are really mentioned constantly. So that leaves, you know what I mean, 15, you know, 1,500 other guys. Like, how do they maximize their money? How do they stretch their dollar? How do they earn income? And, you know, I'm excited through the bag to be up because I was one of them guys, right, that never was going to be a Hall of Famer, never was going to wear a gold jacket, and I knew that. But uh, could play in the NFL, make some money, financially secure myself and my family, and then from there build an empire. And that's that's what I'm excited for. And the bag is a dumbbell. Couple of times, right? We talk about the bag, get to the bag, baby, the money. And also, I'm in my bag, which means you're in your zone and your element and really figuring out all the uh, successful men and women that we have in our arsenal. Listen, get on the podcast. We, we want to allow people to be educated through you to get to the bag. We also felt like it was the perfect time for a sports and business show like this because the lines of what is sports and what is business keep blurring more and more. People are more interested in the details of players' contracts more than ever. And also, there are just so many topics that fall under this category from players who are retired and now start very successful second careers to players that are currently in the league and their side hustles. Uh, I knew a player that ha- opened up a bakery in Austin that was extremely successful while he was still playing in the league. And then you also have the infrastructure behind these leagues, the businesses that get these guys onto the field on Sundays, the massage therapists, the European experts, the, and, and that's its own category 
and it's just the topics are endless and also how many times have y'all ever heard somebody uh say uh, as an athlete oh man that's the business side of it right like sports and business merge so much let's talk about it let's so so people can see the lines of of an athlete saying oh i love my team and you know go team that's the business that ain't the sport he's saying that because he don't care about them listen People get fired, switch jobs. Oh, how can I say I'm on my diehard, you know, whatever whatever player I am for that team? No, you ain't. Tell the truth. But he can't because that's the business of it. He has to. The sport, he'll say it in a locker room. And if we chopping it up in a barbershop, but the business, he has to be professional and peace. And so, I mean, that's so, you know, well said and, 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 such, a, and such a good way to look at it. <clears throat> And I love the name of the podcast, right? Because of the double entendre, as you said. And I just feel like, I mean, we've obviously heard of so, so many players who just focus on football and they're like, dude, I'm in it. I got this, you know, multi-million dollar contract and life is good. And that's all that I got to worry about and just keep on grinding and and keep on, you know, hustling. But then at a certain point, you know, so that you have like a couple of good years, you know, I mean, you were in the league, you know, for eight years, man, and that's great. You know, congratulations, right? But like, just as you said, you know, you were like, dude, I'm not getting like inducted. I'm not putting you know, that gold jacket on, which, you know, neither here nor there. But then you were like, all right, how do I monetize and how do I, you know, keep this shit going? Which I feel like, you know, Craig and I can kind of relate to on a smaller scale, right? Because it's like, you know, we're on this, you know, reality TV show. And yeah, it's been great. It's been going, you know, eight or so years. But we know that one day this shit is going to end. And what do we do then when that money stops rolling in? So Craig and I feel that where we do that same thing. We're like, all right, man, well, let's do this and let's do that. And let's jump into. And one thing I know that y'all talk about as kind of Craig just brought up is like, you know, crypto and, you know, NFTs and things like that. Things that I haven't even begun to delve into. And um, I just think that, I mean, it's kind of an interesting podcast for anyone to listen to and especially from both of y'all's you know different points of views right you 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 have like a former player and then a journalist and you know journalists have got a lot to say that's for damn sure but nowadays everyone has their own platform it's not just journalists that have platforms anymore you have these young athletes that now have social media that i mean rashad can attest to this you didn't have social media when you were in college and now there's it's everyone has a platform not just the your major journalists yeah listen i mean funny story man if you don't mind man it's uh, facebook came out just to date myself facebook came out my (laughs) freshman year in college and it was when you had to have an edu right had to have an edu email yeah and i we were the same age (laughs) so i I remember i remember serving that thing you didn't know really what it was and everything you had a wall and like i had some i had i had a girl at the time put something on my wall that said you know it said that you are and uh she wanted to reference uh sexuality right of what i was and wasn't and somehow I don't know. My girlfriend saw that at the time and she, she flipped and I didn't even know what it was. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, she said it was because I wouldn't do anything with her. Right. And so I'm like, one, you would be happy because of that. But anyway, it's just, just a funny story. Facebook yo, just came out. We didn't yo, know what to do with man. it. So I remember getting Facebook and I think that I was a senior, like in high school, I'd just gotten my thing. And of course it was like, Oh man, you know, at, Bama dot you know UA dot edu and I was like I got it and we used to treat walls like a personalized freaking text message dude it was not <laughs> yeah. a personalized text everyone can see what you write it's on not. someone's wall shit was a lawless land and like there are things that have popped up back then I'm like oh my god delete delete like what 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 was I saying back in those six wait, wait wait you went to Bama I did yeah. Oh my gosh! I went to Auburn. Oh, sucks to be you. Man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was wondering what the tension was, in Brian. This, yeah, this interview is over. Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry about Brian Harson. Not sorry. I mean, have you guys seen? Have you guys seen like you just kind of are you assume that everyone knows to be careful now? Um, and it, most of the time, who we see getting canceled or in trouble are people that have been around for a while. Have you seen it affect any young people in college 
before they even had a chance or is that basically part of the message? Because I can see being like a sophomore in college, you know, a new football star doesn't know how much attention's on him and really, you know, screw up his future for a little while. I haven't seen it do anything uh, yet with the younger guys, but like you said, you don't know them. You know, I'm sure it's halted many in, in which why we don't know them. Right. I, I don't know. I have, so I speak to my nephews, right? I got, I got nine, I got eight nephews, one niece. And I always tell everybody she's my favorite niece and she thinks it's hilarious. But so all of my nephews, they all, they're all trying to be like their uncle. And uh, I watch with their, and that different age ranges from 24 all the way down to nine. So I see how social media really influences a lot of different age groups, right? And, um, you know, I've really coached them up on being careful and knowing that it's a public opinion. It stays forever. People look at resumes. They can track you. It's it's really not uh, anything to be played with. And I have them look at it as business rather than like a fun platform. I mean, I know for, for I mean, a fact, just like an example where coaches have brought in girls that have like trapped, you know, athletes. And the girls will speak to them being like, there are more check marks than like a Nike shop in my, you know, inbox. And basically being like, stay away from me. I am like a red flag. I have trapped many men. And like, coach is like, yo, it's like a business. And now you're, you know, like a public figure. People want like a PC, man. Be careful. Stay vigilant. And uh, I just think that that's how the sports world has... uh, you know, social media and all that shit has, you know, like evolved and just changed so many things. And I think that that's wild that, you know, coaches actually bring in people like that to warn their young fellas to be vigilant. Dude, listen, kids run around horny. That's the, I mean, oh, and yeah, that's what do. it is. They're just, are horny they're seriously, that's like, I talk about, Sorry, like I said, I have nine nephews. I mean, eight nephews. It's like, bro, I, I get called to colleges and talk and I'm, I'm a hundred percent real with these guys. Like, Hey, you can't just say certain things. You you got to go about things a certain way. That's all. <laughs> and, well, and it, it goes back to people being just so young. And that's why thinking about, you know, how much money is getting pumped into NCAA, NCAA now. Um, and just hopefully podcasts like y'all's and whoever's out there can reach them. Because, I mean, I spent every dime to my name in college way more than I had. You know, I... I got into credit card debt in college because all of a sudden I had like access to buy all this stuff that I've always wanted. And hopefully, um, you know, the college kids aren't doing the exact same thing that are getting these lucrative deals. Yeah. I, I mean, I could have, I had, I would have had a chance to make a few bucks for sure. Um, I wish I could have, you know, it, it's two sides to it. Uh, we had Tim Brown on, remember Lizzie? And um, Tim Brown didn't, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Wide receiver. Uh, retired Heisman winner. Heisman, Heisman winner and a Hall of Famer. Like he's wow. the yeah. echelon of both levels, right? Might be the best he thought it was a, Yeah, Some he thought say. he thought it was a bad idea. And um for NIL it could create division in the locker room. And um I, I tend to agree with that and also see the other side of you know, college if I was in college and I was an author and I wrote books, I could sell it and make money. So why can't I do that as an athlete? So I see both sides of the coin. Um I just hope that it comes down to guidance and uh expectations. I think parenting is a big deal and school counseling is a big deal. Um but I'm never mad for people getting or earning money ever. I'm with Rashad in that there's definitely two sides of this. I have so many friends that I I was a silent reporter in college with Auburn and then started working for ESPN. And my guy friends I stayed close with that played those years I covered in college. And when they went to the NFL, the biggest thing I heard from them was, oh, this is now a business. So it's weird for these younger guys that they won't know that college atmosphere of the fans cheering and just the love of the game anymore because now the business starts earlier. And so in that aspect, I don't like it. It same with what Tim Brown was saying. It really does create some division in the locker room because, Oh, this guy made X amount and now I need to work harder True. so that I can make, it really takes the fun out of being a college athlete and a college and the student part out of it. 
because now you're just whereas you know everyone this- you know used to be kind of like you know grinding along and even if you're projected as like a first rounder like you know that guy's going to the league he's not making it yet so it's like you know, you're still kind of like plugging along with your buddies on the same you know playing field even if you're more talented than you know someone else but like you're not making money yet and this has got to be like a jealousy thing or like it's got to add a whole bunch of stuff into the team dynamic I would imagine, Craig, you dislike it, uh, being that you went to Alabama. No. Because now other teams, I mean, Alabama, right? Me, yeah. <laughs> Austin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're Austin. Austin. It's, uh, Austin. But I'm Austin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's I was wondering because the name, the name switched three times since we've been on this. Yeah, yeah. No, man. I'm at, I'm at Craig's house right now, which is why I'm kind of logged in on his thing. But I'm Austin. But yes. Yeah. I get you. See, yeah, being that you, my bad, awesome. Being that you went to Bama, I would imagine you dislike it because now he was not the playing field where y'all can't just pay players. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say there's a person in Charleston that played played football years ago, and he said the biggest pay cut he ever he ever took was going from playing Southern football to the NFL. <laughs> yeah. That's, funny. That's the SEC for you. And all those lock. Well, I mean, you know, so much money gets put into locker rooms for recruiting and stuff. I was just at LSU's um, uh, school speaking, and they gave me a tour of the locker room, and I was like, "This is nuts!" But yeah, I guess it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. <laughs> I mean, guys, I I feel like I I could talk about the freaking NIL all day long. Do you think? Do you think? And, and and to sum it up, I mean, gosh, because I I I personally hate it. Yes, Rashad, you are right. I personally hate it. You I mean Bama players? You know they they got you know, recruited there because Nick was like, look, man, I'm going to get you a league, and I'm going to get you to you know make you know hundreds of thousands, you know millions of dollars, right? But now you can go to <clears throat> Pitt and uh, and 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 make some bomb money too, and so. I'm sure that, you know, y'all are taking some players away from us, right? So, like, I personally don't like it. Do you think that this is going to change in the future? Or or do you think that it's just going to get worse and worse? Or what What do you think? Depends on what you consider worse and better. That's subjective, right? But I do think yeah. players are going to continue to get paid more and more and more and more and more and more. It's going to get down to high school at some point. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to make money for your likeness. And I'm kind of on the other side. I think it was going to happen regardless. And I think you know, allowing it is good. And, you know, some players couldn't even afford to eat. So there's always going to be pros and cons and extremes and corruption, but then you're adding in, you know, legalizing gambling, which legalizing gambling is going to be, you know, everyone's thinking about it in the pros, but as soon as, you know, if you're a college, I mean, I don't want to say that not every athlete has the complete integrity, but I mean, there's, you know, we all know what happens when someone's got a lot of money on the line. You know, that kind of collusion can leak into the athletes. But I don't know why that just popped into my head. But do you think that's kind of dangerous or or that that's too far down the road? I mean, if you look at the NFL and how it was such a, a bad thing for us to talk about gambling and fantasy football and to see now – 10 years later, how far, I mean, they're the major sponsors on every single broadcast, every single game, everything is a, revolves around fantasy football. You've got Matt Berry, who we interviewed on our show, who is now on Sunday Night Football, the biggest sports broadcast out there as the fantasy guru. It, it seems like gambling, it's only natural that it's going to now bleed into collegiate sports. I mean, two two main ones kind of like uh, jump out in my mind okay so one is calvin ridley of course he's a bama boy and he got that year-long freaking suspension uh fair or not fair he was betting, uh, honestly yeah, he was do you, do you know any of the details the of that he was betting on a game during the season that he wasn't even playing in and he got well, a year-long suspension matter. right yeah that's stupid this isn't like Pete Rose. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And I, and I certainly was going to bring that up too. But yeah, you know, Pete, Pete Rose was, you know, gambling on games that, you know, he was coaching or, you know, maybe what was he like a manager player like that? You can't do that. But if it's two teams that you aren't, you know, just like a different game. I mean, a year long suspension. Damn. 
I mean, I I, 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 I I will say this then. My opinion is this shouldn't be allowed, but I don't think it should have been a, a, a year suspension. Just the reason why it shouldn't be allowed. It's the reason why we don't want politicians in certain investments. They have insight, a little bit, way more insight, right? And actually can influence insight. So, no, I don't think players should be betting <laughs> while they're playing and, you know, <laughs> while they're playing, at, at least. Let's, let's try to have some level of... You know what I mean? You got to put, you got to draw a lot somewhere. So no, I'm, I'm not for players betting what they're playing. Okay. Let's yeah. I, no, I like, I, I mean, that gives me a different perspective on like it, it and that's good discipline. Cause you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to keep some focus to the, <laughs> to the sport itself. And, uh, and you just can't let it run wild. But um, I mean, you know, what if you play a game, you play, you know, Vegas, and then you go out and you find yourself in like a sports book. And I'm like, I'm a bet on this, you know, Giants and Chiefs game or whatever the hell. And it's like, well, go play the tables. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> yeah, go play the tables. There's so much gambling in the world. Go bet on a horse running or something. If you just got to the urge. <laughs> no, I love it. Wait. Um, I mean, how do you guys find yourself on a different uh, topic? Are you with with during COVID and quarantine uh, with the big crypto and NFT boom? Uh, did you guys find yourselves getting into that a lot or uh, straying away from it? What was your lessons in that? Uh- <laughs> I, I'm still not sold on it. I think the stuff gets hyped up too early and I like to sit back, get all the facts. And I, I know a lot of people that lost a lot of money on it so it was never for me girl you yeah, me it's a, it's a hustle yeah, there's it's no way around it. it it's a hustle and you know whoever does it up top has got a chance to get, earn the most income and whoever come on the back end are just being so and of course everybody has a sell that is great and you'll make a lot of money otherwise you won't be interested in it right it's but it's only a few it's only a select handful of people that's actually making real money off of it. everybody else is just YouTube and how to do it, and hopefully they're getting paid off views from it. That's just Craig how it works, though. You got to educate yourself on Craig what's what out that, there. Dude. Yeah, man, we've YouTubed, you know, what the hell like an NFT is and, you know, how to make money on it. And one day Craig and I were texting, and we were like, dude, let's get into this. I think that we could make money. And, and I'm glad I did not just blindly start throwing money out there because. It, that would not have been good for us, buddy. That, that, that I did probably... crypto in the beginning of quarantine, and you know, I treated it like gambling. I was like, if I have a little extra money, that I would, you know, instead of gambling. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not really a gambler. I like craps and blackjack, but I was like, I'm gonna throw it. Of course, I never got out. So at one point, you know, there was a decent amount of money, or just you know, fun winnings there, but. um yeah, I, I left it in and it all went away. And, um, I, you know, I think foundational investment is still, you know, the correct, correct way to go. But it was just funny to see, you know, all of this gambling's taken, you know, gaining momentum and crypto is kind of the same thing. So left a little bit in there to see what happens. But media we'll is see. a beast, man. Media is a beast. I think people do more studying on psychology of how to influence than it is on the substance. Like if I could just create a product and get with the right people to publicize it in a manner, and actually my investment is to pay the influencers to influence, right? That's my initial investment. If you give me a million dollars just to invest in making people believe this is the best pin in the world, I guarantee right. you I can make everybody think it's the best pin because that's my my investment is not in the pin. My investment is in influencing people. That's some Wolf of so Wall Street shit. That's right the there, investment. Rashad. That's some Wolf of Wall Street shit right there. Yeah, that's some brilliant thinking. So because so, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's not real. Like I mean, everyone can say it's real, but it's really not tangible. Like you can't you can't walk you know you can't walk up to a street vendor and hand them a Bitcoin. I mean, obviously you're getting there with technology and stuff, but it's still not transactional, uh, physically transactional. But yeah, if everyone thinks it's the cool thing to do, I mean, they had the GameStop trades, Elon Musk doing Dogecoin, and it was really just because it was the cool thing to do. Um, and it was influenced, right? So yeah, so fun. what do y'all think about um, OBJ's contract? Do you think that it's foolish or that he was smart to do it all in Bitcoin or whatever it was? Well, for did he do it all? 
Listen, for him, I don't know the ins and outs and the business deals that he had with the companies, um, but, the, like, again, the win is, one, he's OBJ. I think he, he's financially secure. Yeah, yeah, he's already got plenty. Um, you know what I mean? He has room to invest, and when, you know, and he has room to play. Um, I'm pretty sure he has a team around him that pull the money <laughs> already. Just because you receive it doesn't mean you have to leave it there. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, hey, I'll receive it today in Bitcoin. For change it right into cash. Nobody wants exactly. to see. It's an influence, man. I'm telling you. All I have to do is convince you that this is what the popular people are doing. Hey, here, look, you can buy uh, you can buy a house in a fake world and live beside a Snoop Dogg. It's, now it's a social status. It's like, yo, I, I, it's all about psychology and an influence in an individual. That's literally why they call it influencers, right? He could have done that, like you said, purposefully just to get that headline, get some more press, and then immediately yep. turn it into cash. I mean, and maybe. pump up the price for a second on, you know, in Bitcoin. Right, right. Yeah. Because I'm sure, that, I'm sure that when he did that, he influence people to like go out there and buy some damn Bitcoin. Like, Oh man, if OBJ's contract is all in Bitcoin, like let's, let's buy the dip or whatever. Right. If Elon Musk does this, then everybody thinks it has to be legit. Right. That's what people think. So they pay Elon. Well, Elon Musk ain't got it. He can't be bought. Right. But like, this is what you do with influencers and and you could do it too. Hey, if we want to start something, call me. We could start influencing people to do anything. I think if they start influencing people on how important it is for young 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 kids to read, I think if that was the ploy. Yeah, well, that's Reading that's not cool. profitable for anyone. You know, the the people Bingo. in charge, it's not profitable for them to educate, um, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. But it's, uh, if everyone was time, if, if everyone was this smart and this aware, you know, they wouldn't be able to. That's just an interesting. Lindsay, when you were uh, when you were reporting and still still doing everything, was there ever? Um, uh, I mean, you you can you don't have to answer it if you can't. But was there ever influence on you to, even though you were in the sports world, to twist certain things or put pressure on more like better opinions, or did you see any type of kind of, yeah, outside pressure on your reporting at least? Yes. Well, it depended on the network, uh, but. In the boxing world, when I covered boxing, especially because you were in those casinos and certain networks would have a certain bias towards a fighter. So, for example, when I worked for Showtime, I had to lean in favor of Mayweather. And it it was crazy to me that that was the reality. And they said, well, if it from a moral standpoint as a journalist, we'll just if if you have an issue with this, then we just won't have you even interview uh, Pacquiao. So you'll just be interviewing with Mayweather. And then uh, that way you won't feel like you're having favoritism towards a certain boxer. It was, it was the wildest thing. Yeah. And that's, what's funny is, you know, we're in TV and so we get to see it a lot. And we get to see how much context is left out of, so much that's on television right now, especially, I mean, in the reality TV world, but, uh, it's just, I sometimes I wish more people knew that, um, because, you know, when you realize it yourself, you're just like, how is this even, you know, a thing? And some of the, you know, most silly, silly kind of sectors of it, but there's so much influence out there and being aware of it is fine. Um, but I think blindly, you know, I, I just wish I, I saw a survey one time and it was like only 5% of people click on the actual headline and read it on like Facebook. Like most people just go from whatever the headline was titled and then report that news, but only like wow. 5% actually read the article. And, um, and got the I try to and, get the and, and those that read the article probably didn't read it from start to finish. They probably right. just read, they clicked on the clickbait. They read a small portion and then they reported the news like it was telephone and that's fake news, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean we see headlines all the time about ourselves and we're like we don't even we're like we had such a great interview with you and that's what you're gonna pull out of the entire interview. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. What's the most ridiculous thing that they've said so far, Craig? Let's let's figure that out and make that the clickbait for the <laughs> no, no. about to put out. Rashad, did you ever deal with like reporting that 
they were trying to chase down, like make stories out of stuff off the field or was it pretty fair to your, you know, on field performances when people would talk about you? I had a couple, couple incidences along the way that was just like, what the heck, man? That's not supposed <laughs> to be inaccurate. But like I ended up winning uh, two awards in New York um, with the media. So I, I, I handled it well, but I did have, I did have one network had a clickbait. It said Rashad Jennings has sex in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber <laughs> because I talked about my hyperbaric oxygen chamber and how big it is. And it's not, you know, it's just one, only one person really can fit in it. And he was like, what happened if you have a date over? I was like, dude, this, I'm the only person that can fit in it. <laughs> and that's all I said. And somehow that's what they spun out. And I remember like being on a kids. T- I'm, I'm over here talking to kids, man, like about life and motivate. I'm like, bro, take this down. So I had a, I had a, I had a cause of ruckus right there real quick. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, they, there's no accountability standards, which is tough. And I hope that changes soon because, you know, I do want to get, you know, Austin and I want to do good stuff too. And uh, we were excited to talk to y'all and see how you got into, you know, kind of the motivational speaking that you do or the positivity that you have on people. Because with us, a lot of times they're like, well, we don't know if we want these reality stars to come talk to the school or come talk to the college. And, uh, yeah, it's always, you know, this month we're the, we're the, the monsters out there. And next month we might be, might be good. So I think you you guys have figured it out. You know, sports have so much drama, you know, going on because there's so much media that I, I mean, I'm sure it's like way, way more hypered than it used to be. I mean, it's it's like a reality show out there in in you know sports. It's like, oh my god, you know, well, he said this, and you know, uh, you know, Yair um, Alexander, you know, was chirping at Diggs and blah blah blah, and then like and they make it into some like crazy big kind of episode. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> the world of sports now is kind of like a reality show, Craig. That's that's how I feel about it. Do you all see that or not as much as we're saying? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, especially with the Tom Brady stuff, I feel like that's been the headline the past several weeks about his divorce and then him missing practice for the wedding. And it's yeah. And now it's like, let's just harp on it and harp on it and harp on it. And you know, he lost weight and his jawline looks like this and I can't even believe it. And that's why he's doing this. And it's like, just this whole thing that I feel like, you know, athletes didn't used to have to deal with. And now it is just turned into a circus, an absolute circus. It depended on what market you were in as an athlete. If you were in one of the like top three markets, like New York, you always had to deal with, with that. I would say the drama Yeah, Yeah, from the New York post or you were in New York. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then New York can be brutal. Um, It's, Anything you say can and will be held against you, whether good or bad, man. So, but like, well, you say the superstars, like Tom Brady, you know, I think he's, he gets a lot of praise though, unnecessarily too, you know? And so now he's getting a lot of flat, whether it can be unnecessary, everybody's opinion, but you take a, it's like art, like, like sports media. It's just very artful. And what I mean by that is everybody's looking at it with a different, pair of lens and everybody wants to explain what they see you know it's a, it's just a piece of art now um it used to be a game and a sport and it is but now it's business and art and you have the artists out there painting pictures well yeah i mean there's so much money in on the merchandising side too so you know if they can prop up a guy's name because we're we're real close with a few of the live golfers and you see like a lot of the marketing and a lot of the stuff that's being done is it's all on the back end too to sell merchandise to aim for that and it's uh it's not all about the sports sometimes and that's kind of a, a bummer i'm sure but how was that how was that with chasing the mirrorball trophy was there drama and dancing with the stars or was it purely uh about your dancing it's drama but for me though i saw drama i saw drama in the league i just kept on sliding past it. let's see drama dance with the stars i kept sliding past it i just um i really stay focused on having fun in whatever it is that i'm doing at that moment in time and maximizing it and not having any loose ends where somebody calls something against me that's 
that's how I move. But like with that's what it starts. Like, we we practice six hours. Excuse me. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, six to eight hours every single day. And I stayed in my lane and I focused on the music and the sounds and moving to it. And like, that's the only thing I was focused on. And same thing with football. I focused on my art, my craft and studying and eating and training. And I look up every once in a while, I see some crazy stuff, laugh at it, but I keep it moving. Smart I got man. to go. Not everyone does <laughs> yeah. that. That's for damn sure. Not I don't think a lot of people realize that. how much training goes into that show. I've always been fascinated by it. Um, I would never. I think it. it's great. I would never do it. Craig, I would. Dude, yeah. you should, man. You so should. What do you mean? Why wouldn't you do it? Man, because I don't think that I have any rhythm. I don't think that I could do it. I I think that I would clown myself, but I mean, like, it'd be cool, I guess, to kind of like push you know, your limits and thresholds and kind of see what you're capable of. And maybe I do have rhythm. I just haven't, you know, ever cared to figure out. And, and I don't know. Yeah, that's all it is. It's in there. It's in everybody. everybody. Can, listen, anybody that can count to eight can dance. I promise you, man. Anybody Lindsay, would you do it? Uh, I feel like it would be so taxing on the body. I I don't know. I also used to to dance ballroom, so I feel like it would be an unfair advantage. Yeah, you don't have to tell said. anyone that though. Yeah, you're not telling anyone that. You're I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be it. awesome to learn how to dance that well, and uh, I just think it would be such a thrill. But yeah, you just treat it like a sport and. But it would be nerve-wracking as hell getting up there and dancing in front of all those people. If I'm being honest, I, I really think that Craig is kind of headed there. Like, I think that that in five years, y'all are going to see Craig on, you know, killing it too. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm, Rashad, I'm going to need some tips when I do it. I got you, man. Anytime. Anytime. Well, what, uh, so what I charities are you guys focused on right now? If you want to talk about your stuff, I know you have a foundation for shot and what, um, what, what's your guys goals right now? Um, as you're realigning with, you know, this new gig and everything y'all are doing. Yeah. So for me, I, um, I have a foundation for shot Janice foundation. I focus on reading, education, literacy, um, health and fitness and mentorship. Those are like the true pillars that help me. I grew up with a reading comprehension deficit. I struggled academically at a point six GPA at one point in time, fifth string running back, fat kid, asthma, red rim glasses. Like it's nowhere in the world. There's you talking about going to high school reunions. Everybody is like, what uh, bleep happened to you? How in the world the glow did up. you make it? Yeah. What the happened? Up, baby? Let's go. What did you do? Like <laughs> even myself, I laugh at it. Sometimes I'm like, man, that's kind of crazy. But like, you know, um, I found some amazing stories and there's reasons to how some of some of the things have fell in my lap. And, um, you know, I really encourage kids, man, truly. And it, it takes time. Like sometimes we, a lot of times we get so quick in our culture to spew out something cool or witty or quick or something that people can latch on to. To, hey, let's say something. It takes time for children and, you know, you got schools raising kids and not, not, not actual parents raising kids like they should. And so, like, I want to be and I understand why, because everybody got to work and take time. So for me, I tell everybody I'm kind of like the big brother that everybody wishes they had to these kids. You know what I mean? And that's what I do through my foundation. Is that what your book? Do you wrote about that in your book? Um, yeah. So the first book I wrote was um, New York Times bestseller, The If and Life. That's for adults. And then I wrote a kids series, um, Arcade and the Triple T Token. And that's for young kids because 85% of incarcerated adults uh, have, a, have a third grade reading level. And there's uh, very much a, a, a connection um, with the ability to read and creation um, that correlates to a law abiding citizen. Well, that's incredible. Yeah, that's no congratulations on that. I recently did a book. We didn't hit that level. It was okay. I mean, we did good, but it was such a therapeutic process. Similar. I didn't have a glow up like that, um, but I grew up bullied, like I was bullied terribly. And I always, my goal was to get where I was for the high school reunion. That was always my, <laughs> my fantasy was to go back to that high school reunion in a different spot. Um, but yeah, the children's book thing, we our friend, we're, we're good friends with Dale Jr. Uh, Dale Hunter Jr. He just did the same thing and said it was an incredible process. So that's awesome. Um, and Lindsay, how about you? What are your goals right now? 
So for me, um, I actually just saw an interview that you and your girlfriend did where they asked you guys what your dream wedding was. And I, my wedding, we had it a week ago. And oh, it, it, thank you. Wow, and it, I'm actually in Milan right now on our honeymoon. Oh, no way. That's probably why my service is cutting in and out. Thanks but, for joining wow. us from Milan. Thank you for joining us. Goodness. Freaking dedication. But, uh, our our wedding was a mix of your dream wedding and Paige's dream wedding. It was a week long family vacation. We chose to go to Paris and we flew out 15 members of our family, had a big family vacation and then got married in a chateau uh with just our family and had a big dinner and dancing and music and it was amazing. So for me, I guess my my goals my recent goals are kind of the same perspective I take with investing and wanting a very diverse portfolio. And after the pandemic, I've learned how important it is to have family and work-life balance and the show and rather than just put it all into work. And so my goals are to find that diversity in life and to take trips across the world and to develop those friendships more so and not just be solely focused on work. So we're now on our honeymoon and we also have a family foundation uh, that works with a lot of Christian organizations, especially ones that deal with sex trafficking and helping Mm -hmm. women who they go and get the women out of the sex trafficked situation and they help them transition back into life because it's not just about taking those women from that situation and then just letting them go because they'll end up back there. And so it's... it's What is that called? It's wow. the organization that we've been working with is called Redeemed. And awesome. I, I'm from Texas, and Texas has a large number of women that get sex trafficked. I think the largest in the United States. So it's been it's been a neat organization to work with and to see everything that they're doing with. But again, like that work-life balance, trying to find ways to give back, but also to fill your cup up with Weddings well, and, and yeah. well, you're both saying the same thing, though, is that, you know, fun is so important to whatever you're doing and helps you find that balance, which is which is true. You, we see so many people in our lives that um, they said they'll have fun later, you know, and I think this generation is doing a lot better of uh, trying to have that work play balanced. But uh, they, they learn I'm really, from our generation that work yes. themselves to the ground. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm really excited to keep listening to the bag. Um, do you want to plug uh, where people can listen, where they can follow y'all? Um, because I think people can really learn a lot from it. And I'm excited to, I I, I'm just I now can... trying to diversify better with my portfolio and, um, you know, becoming that, yeah. Basically, making money is what we all want to do now, yeah. um, but there's a smart way to do it. You can find the bag on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, it's it's there. So, Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio's bag. The bag. That's I mean, awesome, guys, Austin. I feel like I could talk to you guys all day. I did not know that that you were on your honeymoon. I mean, I have to thank you so so much. I mean, I thank both of y'all, but I mean. An extra special thank you to you, Lindsay. I cannot believe that you chose to hop on and talk to Craig and I. I mean, it's awesome. And Craig, that's kind of you know what I was talking about when when um, when when you cut out there is how you know you and I are you know in the midst of trying to find ways to you know keep it moving outside of our yeah. uh, you know chosen or not chosen, but you know the thing that you know we found ourselves in. So um, super super awesome talking to you guys. And seriously, thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, it was a lot of yeah, two incredible humans. You yeah, guys are great. Guys are You're awesome. fascinating, and um, um, it's 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 really fun getting to talk to people like you. So we appreciate it. Absolutely, y'all too, man. And while y'all on your journey of uh, continuing to ground yourselves and to find ways to launch higher, man, get me. <laughs> remember wise. Remember your wise, man. It's it's, it's cliche, but uh, th- those that can remember some of the most cliche things consistently. Uh, I think I think launch further. I just had a, a talk, uh, a phone call for Sewing Down South right before this, and we were seeking some counsel on a next move. And it's funny that you just said that because that's all the guy kept saying to us. 
you know, we were like, should we do this with the president? And he's like, why? What are you trying to accomplish by doing that? He said, remember your whys. Um, yeah. So you also are some very wise wow. people. And um, Lindsay, I'll definitely tell Paige that you're a fellow investor in Gloss Lab. And uh, Rashad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check your book out. I'm excited to read it. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Right. Of course. Yeah, well, so we'll much. see you guys soon, and uh, we'll stick in touch. All right, Lindsay. Take care. Go have fun and drink some wine. Yeah, have fun <laughs> in Milan. <laughs> We've been going all over. We were. I will say this: if you're looking for a place for your honeymoon, Switzerland. It. I think we set ourselves up for failure because we started the trip in Germany, which was gorgeous, and rested, and then we went to Switzerland. And Where'd the views looked like they had been they, what? Where'd you go? In uh, we went to Lucerne, okay, which is right outside of Zurich. Yep. And the views looked like it was CGI'd in, right? So after that, we're then we went to Lake Como and we're working our way down through Italy, and Sounds we're terrible. we're in Lake Como, one of the most beautiful places in the world, and we're like, well, this is in Switzerland. We're like, Sweet we just set ourselves views. up for failure. Yeah, that's amazing, but. Definitely That's where Paige wants to. I, Paige's dream wedding is over there in Lake Como. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Maybe George and Amal will let you guys yeah. <laughs> rent out their house. Wow. Rashad, where are you at? I'm, right now, I'm in San Diego. Oh, yeah, my, my lady's sea instructor in the Navy, so we are we here in the Coronado area. Well, thank you for her service. That's awesome, and uh, yeah, we. We could talk to you guys all day, but we don't want to hold you. And uh, maybe we'll pop on the bag one day uh, with y'all, and you can <laughs> ask us about our silly little worlds. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm sure we can pull it. some That'd amazing stuff. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, it's, we. Uh, it takes a while to to figure out how to keep your money and not spend all of it. So uh-huh. <laughs> we're trying, though, man. We're trying. Scared yeah. money don't make money. <laughs> what <did you> say? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm, I'm going to start telling people. <laughs> That's funny. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hopping on, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. Sounds good. All right. Well, have thank a good you one. So much. All right. Congrats. All right, and that just about does it for this week's episode of Pillows and Beer. What a fun, fun time. Thank you to all of our besties for for joining us and for hanging out. And we definitely want to throw a very special shout out to our new best friends, Lindsay McCormick and Rashad Jennings. Thank you very much, y'all. And uh, until next week, listen to our podcast everywhere that you get them, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, always write into the boys at pillowsandbeer.com. Follow us at pillowsandbeer. Uh, at CA Conover, at Sewing Down South, at Trop Hop Beers, at Curl the Warrior King. And until next time, besties, thank you. What's up, Pillows and Beers listeners? I'm Reality Steve. If you're a fan of The Bachelor and all things pop culture, reality TV, you should check out my show, The Reality Steve Podcast, a daily show about The Bachelor, other reality TV shows you may be watching right now. I definitely throw in a lot of Taylor Swift talk and so much more. Search Reality Steve on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.